Amos chapter 7, please. Quite a few words there, of course, because we've got the uh, um, bunch of people away. We've got Tim and Angie away. We've got uh, uh, John the Man away. We've got uh, Bold Gwen away. And Alan and Gail away. Uh, um, we're glad you're here today. Trust the Lord to bless. Amos chapter 7, we're going to start reading verse 10. Then Amaziah the priest of Bethel sent to Jeroboam king of Israel, saying, Amos hath conspired against thee in the midst of the house of Israel. The land is not able to bear all his words. For thus Amos saith, Jeroboam shall die by the sword, and Israel shall surely be led away captive out of their own land. Also Amaziah said unto Amos, O seer, go flee thee away into the land of Judah, and there eat bread and prophesy there, but prophesy again any more at Bethel, for it is the king's chapel and it is the king's court. Then answered Amos and said, unto Amaz said to Amaziah, I was no prophet, neither was I a prophet's son, but I was a herdsman and a gatherer of sycamore fruit. And the Lord took me, and I followed the flock, and the Lord said unto me, Go prophesy unto my people Israel. Now therefore hear thou the word of the Lord. Thou sayest, Prophesy not against Israel, and drop not thy word against the house of Isaac. Therefore thus saith the Lord, Thy wife shall be in harlot in the city, and thy sons and thy daughters shall fall by the sword, and thy land shall be divided by line, and thou shalt die in a polluted land. And Israel shall surely go into captivity, forth of his land. Let's pray. Gracious Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We do pray that you would just uh, guide our time in your word. We pray that you bless those in children's church. And we pray that, Lord, you'd give Samuel wisdom over there. And just go now, Father, as I preach here, that I might have clarity of thought. And that, Lord, I might speak, Father, in a way that uh, is understandable. And that your word might be a blessing to our hearts this morning, a challenge to us, an encouragement to us and that you might receive all the praise and all the glory for this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. We said last week that prophets of God were not popular men in Israel, as indeed preachers today are not the most popular of people. The life of the prophet wasn't an easy one. On the one hand, he was to stay close to the Lord and hear the words of the Lord and then share the people. But on the other hand, he also had to live with those same people day in, day out that he was ministering to. And they didn't always want to accept what he had to say. And as we come to Amos chapter 7, we find that Amos is having these struggles, two struggles in fact, one with the Lord and one with the authorities, especially with the king and the priest of Israel. Last week we saw Amos struggling with the Lord where he receives three visions. He receives the vision of the locusts and he pleads with the Lord and the Lord stops the locusts coming. And the second vision was the devouring fire and he pleads with the Lord and the Lord withholds the judgment. And then he saw the third vision, the plumb line. And this time he doesn't plead for Israel and God promises judgment will fall. Now secondly, we see him as struggling with authorities here in verses 10 to 17. At this point, in this prophetic message, as we come to verse 10 of chapter 7, at this point in the message, the state priest, Amaziah, could take no more. 
basically interrupts the prophetic word of the prophet in verse 1 through 9, and he says unto him, you're not patriotic, Amos. In verse 10, he says, Then Amaziah the priest of Bethel sent Jeroboam, sent to Jeremiah, king of Israel, saying, Amos hath conspired against thee in the midst of the house of Israel. The land is not able to bear all his words. He tells him to take his soapbox and go back to the hills and preach up there in verses 12 and 13. And Amaziah said to Amos, O thou seer, go flee thee away into the land of Judah, and there eat bread and prophesy there, but prophesy not again any more at Bethel. You know, the truth is the message of Amos really hurt. It hit home with Amaziah and the nation of Israel, and Amaziah just did not like what Amos was saying. And for Amos, for his part, afraid he told the priest that God had called him to preach and I must obey verse 14 then said Amos uh, then answered Amos and said to him I am not no prophet neither was I a son's prophet but I was a herdman a gatherer of sycamore fruit and the Lord took me as I follow the flock and the Lord said to me go prophesy unto my people Israel he says I didn't want this job in the first place Amaziah I was happy being a farmer I was happy looking after the flock I was happy uh, amongst the sycamore trees, I was happy doing that. God called me, and the message I am presenting is not my message, it's God's message. And I must be faithful to that. Isaiah was a wicked man. He identified as the priest of Bethel, which was one of the centers of Israel's idolatrous worship. And when he heard Amos, the first thing he does is he sends a message to Jeroboam the king of Israel in verses 10 to 11. So firstly, note with me the message to Jeroboam. Then Amaziah, the priest of Bethel, sent to Jeroboam, king of Israel, saying, Amos hath conspired against thee. In the midst of the house of Israel, the land is not able to bear all his words. For thus Amos saith, Jeroboam shall die by the sword, and Israel shall surely be led where captive out of their own land. You know, he was by worldly standards he was a god he was a successful king this king jeroboam but before almighty god he was a wicked king he was a king of the northern kingdom and he was a wicked evil king and amaziah declares that amos has conspired against you there in verse 10 he says amos hath conspired against thee in the midst of the house of israel amos's message must have been quite powerful too because Amaziah said the land could not contain it. Down at the end of verse 10, he says, He's conspired against thee in the midst of the house of Israel, and the land is not able to bear all his words. I don't quite know what kind of man Amos was. I'm not sure how dynamic a preacher he was, but certainly this word that he was preaching had an impact, so much so that Amaziah said the whole of the land can contain the words of Amos. They are so impacting, they're so powerful, they're so devastatingly true against the nation of Israel. And his reaction, Jeroboam's reaction, is typical reaction of dark against light, life. You know, later on in, in uh, the story of Israel, Jeremiah faces the same problem in the southern kingdom where he gets up and preaches and they tell him to be quiet. They put him in a pit. They tell him not to speak these words anymore. We don't want to hear you preach anymore. They tell Jeremiah not to say any of these things anymore. 
and it seems like a common problem for the prophets of Israel and Judah they were often told to keep quiet. Still later in John chapter 3, verses 19 through 20, Christ said, men love darkness rather than light, and that's the case here. Amos has come to shine a light upon the wickedness of the nation, to show the, the light of God to the people of Israel, and the people of Israel love darkness rather than light, and Isaiah says, Amos, stop talking. Go away. We don't want to listen to you anymore. Now, Amaziah's accusation against Amos was unfounded. Amos was not conspiring against Jeroboam the king at all. He wasn't even conspiring against the nation of Israel. He was coming with a message of God to help them to see their wickedness and turn from their sin to God. He wasn't conspiring against them. His desire wasn't to see Jeroboam killed. His desire was to see them hear God's word, heed God's word, and turn back to God. But his prophecy against both Israel and against the king certainly could give that impression. I guess it's not an unusual response. Jeremiah was also considered to be treasonous because of his prophecy against Judah. The same accusation was laid against him and Jeremiah by the same token was not desiring to aspire against anybody. He simply wanted God to be heard. The verb conspire here in verse 10, Amos hath conspired against thee. The verb conspire is used of Basha, who conspired against Nadab, the son of Jeroboam I, killing him and succeeding him as king in 1 Kings 15, 27 and 28. It's also used of Shalem, who conspired against Zechariah, the son of Jeroboam II, assassinating him and succeeding him as king in 2 Kings 15, verses 10 through 12. So you can see that this accusation is not some light thing. When, when Amaziah accuses Amos of conspiring against Jeroboam, he is accusing him of something very, very serious. He's accusing him of treason. A treason acts, just like those acts of, uh, of Basha and uh, of uh, Shulam who conspired against other kings. This is no light accusation Amaziah is bringing against this prophet Amos. And Amaziah goes on to paint Amos's words in the worst possible light, attributing to him the prediction that Jeroboam himself would die by the sword in verse 11. And thus... Amos saith, Jeroboam shall die by the sword, and Israel shall be led away captive out of their own land. So Amaziah now starts to paint the prophecy of Amos in the worst possible lights. That somehow Amos is conspiring against the king to have him killed. And this misrepresentation is probably deliberate making Amos appear as bad as possible in the eyes of the king. But all of this was untrue. Amos was not conspiring against the king. Amos had no desire to overthrow the king and become king himself. Amos was not against him. It wasn't Amos that Jeroboam had to worry about. It was the coming judgment of God 
that should have disturbed him. Not the words of Amos, not, not Amos the man, but the very prophecy that he was preaching ought to have disturbed Amaziah and ought to have disturbed Jeroboam. Now since the king had appointed Amaziah, he was obligated to tell the king what the farmer preacher was saying to the people. But what he didn't do was tell the king the truth. He failed to convey to the king the prophecy of God as presented by Amos, which spoke of impending judgment unless they repented of their wickedness. And what's more, the king didn't even bother to hear Amos personally, although it would have done him good to listen to the words of Amos rather than simply listen to the words of Amaziah as he purportedly told him what Amos had said. You see, Jeroboam was a comfortable king. He was complacent. And he wasn't about to allow uh, some farmer from down south to tell him what to do. So it was easy for Amaziah to implicate the prophet in conspiracy to undermine the king and the people of Israel. And I was thinking about that this week today as we because of all the untruths spread about Christianity, indeed the bad behavior of some so-called Christians, we find that people don't want to listen to us today. They've listened to uh, the false witness. They've listened to the false testimony. They've listened to the behavior, the bad behavior of many so-called Christians, and they don't want to listen to the truth of God's word today. In fact, they like to tar us all with the same brush. They like to make us all sound as bad as each other. But you know, one branch of so-called Christianity behaves this way. All Christians must behave that way. But you know, that should not stop you and I from seeking every opportunity to declare the gospel. So you're going to see Amos was bold in the midst of all this. And like Amos, we need to be bold even in the face of such opposition today because people still need to hear the message of salvation irrespective of the damage done by so-called Christians to the brand of Christianity and irrespective of the fact that there is so much confusion amongst even Christians of what they believe, you and I still need to boldly stand up for righteousness and truth and the gospel of Jesus Christ and preach it so that souls might get saved. We need to be bold like Amos. I mean, Amos was one voice crying in the middle of a wilderness of opposition. And we need to stand up for Jesus Christ in this day and age. Secondly, we see Amaziah sends a message to Amos. Not only does he talk to the king, but he sends a message to Amos in verse 12. Also, Amaziah said to Amos, Not thou seer, go flee thee away into the land of Judah. And there eat bread and prophesy there. Prophesy not again anymore at Bethel, for it's the king's chapel. That's the king's court. Of course, Jeroboam II didn't want to hear that his chapel and his shrines would be destroyed and that he would die because of his consequence of his sin. And the Syrians would come and exile his people. And such a pessimistic message from Amos to the nation of Israel had to be sussed. And therefore, Amaziah tells Amos to go home where he belonged 
12, he says, Amos, I said to Amos, I was seer, go flee thee away into the land of Judah. Go back where you came from, Amos. We don't want to listen to you. We don't want to hear your, your pessimistic words. We don't want to listen to this uh, message that you're preaching. It just is so pessimistic. It's so negative. It's so wrong. Go away. He commands him to go to the south, south where his prophecies against the north, north would probably be more acceptable. And you can imagine the southern kingdom hearing prophecies against the northern kingdom and the overthrow of their king probably would enjoy Amos' preaching. But it wasn't going to do the northern kingdom much good. It certainly wouldn't do the south any good. So Amaziah says, go back. Amaziah's desire to get rid of an unwelcome prophet is typical reaction a false religion against God's true lights. You know, in Jesus' day, most of the official priesthood and religious officials reacted against Christ because they didn't like what he said. They didn't want to hear his words. You know, he would call them, he would say, you know, they're like open sepulchres full of dead man's bones. He would about them being the scribes and the Pharisees being hypocrites. He would preach the truth of God's word. He would preach the, the word of God, the light from God. And people of the day hated him. The religious leaders of the day hated him. Today we face a new kind of opposition as believers. You know, there's a kind of a new Christianity out there. Uh, those who desire to remain true to the old paths are confronted with pressure from within Christianity to modernize, to become relevant. There's a push against staying the course. There's a push against standing for right. There's a push against staying where we are uh, to somehow modernize, to somehow become more relevant, to change. We're perceived as out of date, old-fashioned, out of touch. Beloved, you know, we must remain faithful even in the face of opposition. You know, Amos could quite easily have just said, I can't be bothered doing this anymore. I'm going to go back to my sheep and back to sycamore trees. They cause less grief. He could have quite happily walked away from this circumstance, this situation, but he didn't. Even though the state priest, Amaziah, was opposing him, and it seemed like his words were going to go nowhere, and indeed they did go nowhere, because no one heeded what he said. He still remained faithful. Proverbs twenty-two twenty-eight says, Remove not the ancient landmarks which thy fathers have set up, and we have to be careful not to stray from the course of righteousness, even though the opposition may be strong, even though the, 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 the power uh, from outside, may be, the pressure from outside may well be that we ought to be more relevant and we ought to be more uh, 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 modernized and not be so old-fashioned. But like Amos, we need to stand. Amaziah's words to Amos reveal the wicked attitudes of the priest's heart. Because notice what he calls him. Here in verse 12, he says, And also Amaziah said to Amos, O thou seer, he calls him a seer, which means someone who has visions. What he claimed about Amos was this. He says, Amos' words 
have no validity because he simply dreamed them up. He had a dream. These are not genuine words. These are not genuine truth. You're a seer. You're a dreamer. He hinted that Amos was a hireling prophet as well who was part of a conspiracy and interested in only earning bread. Look in verse 12 again. Oh, he says unto him, O thou seer, go flee thee away into the land of Judah and there eat bread. All you're doing this for is because you've got a dream, you've dreamed this up, and you're simply doing it for profit. You want to make some money. Well, go to, down to Judah and down there preach this message. You'll be accepted down there preaching as the north and that's where you can make your money. You're simply in it for the money. You're simply in it for the prestige. I'm not sure how much prestige and money there was in Amos's preaching in the northern kingdom. Probably very little. In fact, he's a voice crying in the wilderness. But you know, the problem is this. Amaziah, this was Amaziah was in the ministry for. And he thought that because this is how he acted, that's how all prophets act. Therefore, he advised him to prophesy where he might eat bread, where he might be sure uh, that he could get paid, where he could be sure that he's appreciated, because that was Amaziah. Amaziah was telling the king what the king wanted to hear, because that made, made sure he was appreciated, and he made sure he got bread, he got fed, he got paid. And he assumed that Amos was the same. Well, Amos was the same. He wouldn't have gone to Israel in the first place. Tell them to go where you might be appreciated. You know, the truth is that Amos was not, was, was uh, to prophesy where God had appointed him and where there was need of him, not where he would get the most money, where he'd be the most appreciated. Beloved, we serve God here not for what we can get out of it, but because it's where God wants us to serve. We ought to serve him, not because it's appreciated, but because God expects it, because God demands it, because God wants us to serve him. It doesn't matter whether we're appreciated, it doesn't matter whether we're accepted, you and I are to stand up for the gospel of Jesus Christ and proclaim the gospel of the glory of God. What matters is his glory, not our acceptance. We should therefore not change our methods or our message just to get more just to be appreciated by more people or to get more people to come along or whatever the case might be. Like Amos, we must remain faithful to God even in the face of opposition. And thirdly, not only we see Amaziah talk to the king and then Amaziah talk to Amos, Amaziah told Amos to get out and stay out. In verse 13, he says this, But prophesy not again any more at Bethel, for it's the king's chapel, it's the king's court. Get out and stay out. Don't you ever preach here again. Amos, go away. Don't come back. He said Amos was nothing but a common farmer. He thought he was a prophet. He thought the message of Amos was a bitter speech it was intended to cut deeply and the prophecy of God was intended to cut deeply but this was not Amos saying this it was God saying this he also said that the message of Amos was too hard 
Amaziah was offended that Amos had come to Bethel and prophesied as he had. So he does his best to send him back to Judah. You see, this is Amos's territory. This is, Amos, this is Amaziah's territory. This is Amaziah's uh, ministry. This is where he's ministering, and Amos is impinging upon his ministry. And what's more, Amos is preaching different to Amaziah. He doesn't want him around. Amos had preached and prophesied against Bethel because it was no longer the house of God. Verse 12 says, verse 13 says, But prophesy not again any more at Bethel, for it's the king's chapel and it's the king's court. It may well be the king's chapel and the king's court, but Bethel means house of God, and it was not the house of God anymore. There was no worshipping of, of Jehovah going on here. This was a worship of all these idols. There was high places and there was groves and there was idolatry aplenty in the whole of the northern kingdom. And King Jeroboam II was a wicked, evil king in the eyes of Almighty God. And the house of God had been turned into a house of iniquity. And Amos prophesied against Bethel because Bethel was no longer the place of God. place of idolatry and Amaziah was a professional priest of Baal and Amos got on his skin and so he accused Amos falsely because in verses 14 and 15 Amos sets the record straight then said Amos and then answered Amos and said to Amaziah I was no prophet neither was I a prophet's son for I was an herdman I gather of sycamore fruit. And the Lord took me and I followed the flock. And the Lord said to me, Go prophesy unto my people Israel. Amos says to Amaziah, Listen, you may not like what I prophesy, but you need to know this. I'm here because God put me here. I'm not here because of what I wanted to do. I was happy being a farmer. I'm not a prophet, nor was I the son of a prophet. I was the son of a farmer. And I was there taking care of my sheep. I was out looking after my sycamore trees and God called me from the south in Judah to come up here to the north to preach the word of God, to prophesy against Bethel and against the king and against the nation of Israel because God called me Amaziah, not because this is what I want to do, but God called me. But he was accused falsely. Does that sound familiar? You know, when someone doesn't like what someone says or what someone does, they will often accuse him or her falsely to cover their own faults. The problem here was not Amos. The problem here was Amaziah. Amaziah claimed to be a priest. But Amaziah was not a priest of God. Amaziah was the priest of Baal. And Amaziah had been feathering his own nest by giving positive prophecies to King Jeroboam so that Jeroboam thought he was doing the right thing by the gods. And Amaziah was 
gaining profit from that and was living comfortably in the northern kingdom. He was a false, wicked prophet. And Amos came along and started to preach the truth of God's word and preach righteousness and preach judgment and preach the fact that people were sinning against the holy God and need to repent of their sin. And Amaziah then accuses Amos falsely, even though Amos is doing the truth. Amos is not the problem here. Amaziah is. Amos is not the problem here. Jeroboam is. Amos is not the problem here. The nation of Israel is the problem. They're the ones sinning against Almighty God. Amos is simply doing what God asked him to do. And isn't it true that so often when you try to do right, or you say something that people don't like, they will often accuse you to cover up their own faults. And no matter what men said, Amos preached faithfully. Look at verses 16 and 17. Now therefore hear, thou the word of the Lord, thou sayest, prophesy not against Israel, and drop not thy word against the house of Isaac. Therefore thus saith the Lord, thy wife shall be in heart in the city, and thy sons and thy daughters shall fall by the sword, and thy land shall be divided by line, and thou shalt die in a polluted land, and Israel shall surely go into captivity forth of this hand. You know, here he is, been accused by Amaziah of conspiracy against the king. He's been told by Amaziah, Amaziah says to Amos, go away, leave Israel, don't come back. Leave us alone, stop preaching, don't say any more. Go where people will appreciate you. What does Amos do? He preaches faithfully the word today the message of coming judgment is not popular no more popular than it was in Amos's day people don't like to be told of their sin they don't like to be told of the consequence of their sin they don't like to be told that there is judgment coming and if they refuse to accept Jesus Christ their savior they will spend eternity separated from God in the lake of fire mankind does not like to hear the message of the consequences of sin and impending judgment. But like Amos, we must faithfully preach the whole counsel of God. Another thing about Amos that we must know is he was a man of truth and boldness. He didn't back down here in verses 16 and 17. He's told not to preach anymore. He says in verse 16, Thou sayest prophesy not against Israel, and drop not thy word against the house of Isaac. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, this is what's going to happen to you, Amaziah. He doesn't back down. He's intimidated, he's threatened, but he doesn't back down. We need this kind of boldness today. So you and I will boldly stand up for righteousness, boldly stand up for truth, boldly stand up for the word of God. We have authority from on high. So as Peter said in Acts chapter 5, verse 29, then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. And if we preach the word, we have no need to fear what men may say. But it's not our word, it's the word of the Lord. We see the boldness of Amos here when he talks to Amaziah and he says unto him, as for you, Amaziah, know this, you're going to pay for your compassion compromise and sin 
He says, that, this is what he says to him. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, verse 17, Thy wife shall be an harlot in the city. Thy sons and thy daughters shall fall by the sword. And thy land shall be divided by line. And thou shalt die in a polluted land. And Israel shall surely go into captivity forth of his hand. He said, your wife will become a harlot. Your family will die by the sword. Israel's main sanctuary was a Bethel, which was the king's chapel, and it shall be destroyed, which we already saw earlier. And then he says it again in verse 17. Israel shall surely be go into captivity forth of his hand. God told Amos that the sanctuary would be destroyed and the king Jeroboam the was slain. And that Amaziah so died. God told Amos to preach the word, and he did, and he even comes now and he confronts Amaziah, his uh, detractor, and he stands up to him and he says, Know this, Amaziah, God is about to judge you. This wasn't an easy message to proclaim. For Amos was attacking the government and the religion of the day. He is standing up against Jeroboam II, the powerful king of Israel. He's standing up against his main priest, the house priest, the, 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 uh, the government priest, Amaziah, in a nation that hates God. And yet he faithfully went to Bethel and he faithfully preached the word. Beloved, we live in a nation today where the government is not Christian by any stretch of the imagination. We live in a secular society. For the most part, the religious leaders of our land are preaching a gospel that's not found in the word of God in mainstream denominations. You and I face opposition from religion. We face opposition from the government, so to speak, and in some states it's getting even worse. I mean, Victoria, I've got one weird premier down there. Now he's going to ban uh, fairy tales in schools because they are, they are not politically correct. He wants to have, uh, 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 you know, uh, you have a right to choose what sex you are and you can change it whenever you like on your passport and that gives you the right to go in any toilet you want to go into. They've got a battle on their hand that we have not yet faced, but give time and we probably will too. We live in a secular society. We have governments that are not walking uh, in tune with the word of God. We have religious leaders who are against it. And beloved, you and I need to stand up in this dark place in boldness with Jesus Christ and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ like Amos did because it's the only hope for our world. It's the only hope for our nation. It's the only hope for our town that righteousness prevails over unrighteousness because God's people stand up for righteousness and say, Thus saith the Lord. We need the boldness of Amos. Believers, we have a responsibility to take every opportunity to proclaim the message of salvation. And our nation today needs men and women like Amos to stand up boldly and proclaim God's word, boldly to proclaim the message of salvation, because judgment is coming. I wonder, will we stand up and be counted? I trust so. Let's pray.
Gracious Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your servant Amos and his boldness to stand up for righteousness. Help us, Father God, to likewise stand up for truth, righteousness, and the gospel of Jesus Christ, that you might be glorified, that souls might be saved, and our nation might be turned unto you. Give us boldness, we pray, for your glory for this. We ask in Jesus' name.